Rippy Writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcript can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What is up on a Wednesday? I'm Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast. We got my old pal Michael Borky of Sports Talk Mississippi on today to talk, well, what else? But Lane Kiffin and what appears to be pretty much a done deal in his uh, candidacy for the Auburn head coaching job. The way he's conducted himself throughout all of this, the way he's handled it, and how quickly this situation has seemingly turned toxic, to be quite honest. So, uh, weird week. Egg Bowl week without a whole lot of Egg Bowl. But uh, I would think pretty much everyone be in agreement that the game is somewhat secondary to everything else going on around Ole Miss's program, which doesn't diminish the importance of the game, but also think it's just kind of uh, intertwined with uh, this whole saga that comes with being uh, or having Lane Kiffin as your head coach. So anyway, interesting conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. Buckle up. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Ray Stevens of Square Real Estate. Ray is a licensed real estate agent based in Oxford who can help you buy or sell a home, whether it's a two-bedroom condo or your five-bedroom townhome. Whatever it is, just give him a call. He will give you options in your price range. He takes pride in providing individual service to each and every one of his customers and helping them find homes that they will cherish for forever. It's a great time to be an Ole Miss fan. Oh, well, you know, two days ago might have. Ole Miss is 10-2. and two. They're good at football, or excuse me, eight and two. They're good at football. You know, no better time to have your own uh, getaway in Oxford. Maybe you're looking for that two-bedroom condo, tired of paying for overpriced hotel rooms or staying at friends' places and want a place of your own. Give Ray a call. He'll help you find a place that's awesome and within your price range as well. Maybe you're looking to sell a home, go from one condo to another. Maybe you live in Oxford, wanting to put the house on the market. That can be difficult. Ray takes the hassle away from that. You can also provide you options in finding your next home. All you have to do is give him a call at 601 601- 624-4824. Ole Miss guy loves doing business with Ole Miss people. I wouldn't send you to someone I don't trust. Please give him a call if you're in the mo- in the market to buy or sell a home or condo. 601-624-4824. Tell him I sent you and he will get you all set up and squared away. Broker number is 662-832-7777. Podcast is also brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website. The inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval, an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Skybox raking it in on NFL this year, over 60% on that and college. Stop paying the bookie. You want to be paying him and having you ask where your supplementary income is coming from. All you have to do is go online, go to skyboxsportspicks.com, find a picks package that fits your price range. You can go all sports, you can go specific sports, college, NFL. Try for a day, a week, a month, whatever. I'd recommend going with the year-long all-access pass. It will pay for itself and then some. And boom, you're all of a sudden better equipped to profit than you were five minutes before signing up for Skybox. They'll send you their picks, a nice little color-coded spreadsheet, organized by unit, what they like most, what they uh, kind of advice. It's basically a menu. It's basically a playbook to make money. They're the only way to profit in the long run. Check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. College basketball, their bread and butter that they absolutely murder. Every year, I cannot overstate that or uh, enough. It's not possible to overstate how good they are at college basketball. That's coming up. No better time to sign up right now. Skyboxsportspicks.com. Use the promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E, and that'll get you 20% off any purchase. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. Go see Greg, if you're a Rippy Rides subscriber. That's rippyrides.substack.com. Get a free newsletter from me a couple times a week, plus discounted meats. Right now, it's a 16-ounce prime strip. For 20 bucks and a $5 pack of sausage, that's one hell of a way to kickstart your grilling weekend. 
Just go show Greg proof of subscription. He'll get you set up with that. Then go find all of your own favorites because Oxford is so lucky to have a place like LB's. Weather's getting cooler. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. Throw something delicious on the grill from LB's. Check them out. LB's University Avenue there in Oxford. All right, here is Michael Borky. All right, we now welcome on Sports Talk Mississippi. Do it all, man. Michael Borky, Sports Talk Mississippi 3 to 6. Every Monday through Friday, we're here to talk about the whatever preseason basketball tournament Ole Miss is uh, playing in. No, not really. This is the uh, Lane Kiffin sweepstakes. This has been a very interesting last couple of days. Uh, it feels weird to be as we record this early on a Wednesday morning, like, you know, 24 to 36 hours for the Egg Bowl. And uh, that seems rather insignificant. Even with the Mullen thing in 2017, I don't remember it dominating the coverage like this. No, it, I, and I was really early uh, in doing what I'm doing now. Didn't have the role that I have now, so I may remember it differently. But um, there's a little bit of revisionist history, I think, from state fans on that game. They think that they lost because Mullen was checked out. No, they lost because their quarterback got hurt, right? I mean, and they still had chances to win the game with their backup. So either way, uh, yeah, it's been quite some time. But nothing has dominated – uh, the the game outside of the game like this, uh, nothing related to Hugh Freeze has come anywhere close. Uh, I mean, this is even, I think, crazier than Elijah Moore. Like, and that happened actually on the field. I think this is m drawing more attention than that. Uh, the game is secondary right now. I mean, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow night, and I can't get anybody to talk to me about the game. I did a live stream last night. Every single comment was about Lane Kiffin. We did the radio show yesterday, and basically every single comment or, or, or text into the show was about Lane Kiffin or, well, State's going to win now because Kiffin this. I mean, it, it has nothing to do with, oh, I just can't wait for the Egg Bowl because I love the history and the rivalry and all that. It's all about him. Everything. What is it? 30 hours before kickoff or whatever. No. 32 hours either way i'm pretty rough at math let's go with 32 hours yeah, well, whatever it is um and nobody's talking about the actual football game it's a shame honestly is what it is but we'll get into that yeah i mean this is kind of what comes with it let's uh let's start with the i thought the tuesday night yeah no no, no monday night sorry the monday night twitter deal with these uh john sokoloff report was um pretty Pretty interesting, I guess. So I guess we'll start with that background and then kind of like where the situation is now. It has been reported that Lane Kiffin, uh, I, this is on multiple sites. I don't mind sharing this at this point. I didn't want to give away paid subscription stuff, but um, it's been reported by Lane interviewed with Arkansas at least once via Zoom last week, uh, which seemed pretty obvious uh, given the way they played on the field in terms of their distraction uh things no are... man no there's no distraction yeah. they're uh they're football playing robots there's oh i got a co-host <laughs> he might come in here a couple times uh -oh. he hate lane kiffin too uh-oh he wants to be in on this and he can't now he's upset but yeah no they're they're just uh 19 20 year old football playing robots uh, they have pro mindsets and they block it all out and can just focus and play without any distraction whatsoever they're not human beings they're they're robots and so that the, the Arkansas game had nothing at all to do with any outside noise whatsoever. Nothing because pro mindset. And from there, I think probably gives you a little bit of a glimpse of who Lane Kiffin is, what you signed up for, and what he still is. Because when you think about it after the fact, 
he kind of gives a non-answer and some platitudes after the game on Saturday. He makes a joke about maybe I'm not Auburn's number one candidate now. And now knowing what we knew that he knew at the time, if that makes sense, what, what an asshole thing to say. Is that? And then on his uh, on the coach's show last night, he said, here, I, I saved it, actually. I heard he – so I didn't watch the coach's show. I saw he showed up late. Shocker. That'll fly at Auburn. Um. But I also saw that he doubled down and called the kid a liar again. The kid being John Sokoloff, the TV reporter. I yeah, so if you if you believe Austin uh, Eldridge, who um, does some radio play play by play stuff, and 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 like he he is not just some random dude. Like he sure. he understands like the importance of media. And... Hey, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, you can come sit with me if you want. Sorry about that. Um, he said, "He said, quote, I guess I need to tweet something crazy. Well, let's just make up a story that you're leaving to go to Mississippi State Radio. He said that to David Kellum. So he does that. He basically bullies John Sokoloff uh, on Twitter. Um, he, he does the thing with the team meeting where th- there's a screenshot that, that's going around from one player, and that player, I, I guess, only heard what he – you were talking about the Sokolov piece of it, though. I want to get to that in a second. Yeah, sorry. Let's sorry. Let's, let's, let's no, no, reset it's all, it's, it's a bunch of stuff. Let's go to the Monday afternoon presser, which was utterly bizarre. So they moved the time, which is – I don't think anything to do with any of this. They're out of school. Egg Bowl week is always different. So they move his normal weekly press conference, like 4.15 Central Time on Monday afternoon. So Wayne gets asked a couple of unrelated and innocuous questions to start. Then he gets asked a little bit about the Auburn thing and it being a distraction. But I thought the strangest piece in all of that was he got asked a question by Jake Thompson about the significance of the Egg Bowl in recruiting. A question that, you know, you give some canned answer to about the importance of recruiting in state. Well, Lane took it as a a chance to take a shot at Ole Miss's facilities. He said, you know, maybe if we win, we can have enough money to not have a facility that leaks water. Which, to me, shows a stunning lack of self-awareness on many facets because – I guess to paint a little bit of an inside baseball picture here, they are doing the press conferences this year in the halftime locker room. So like the temporary, not a temporary locker room, but the locker room where the players go at halftime. So they don't have to go all the way back inside the facility. They don't really use it for anything else. The reason they are doing it in that makeshift facility that is not the normal press conference room is because Ole Miss is doing a $60 renovation, million dollar renovation to the indoor practice facility. So like, what are you doing? Like what, what, Again, it's not even like he was asked about facilities or money. He just took that on his own to take a shot that was basically a cell phone. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it reeks a lack of self-awareness. It, it, yes, uh, I, I would call it um, a, a sign of immaturity also. Uh, I mean, here's here's the thing. I, I've had enough people uh, say it to me on Twitter or, or via text or whatever that, well, what if what if he's not sure yet? What, what if he's undecided? maybe no. so i i don't think so but if that was the case you wouldn't be essentially doing damage to to your own program if you were intentional on staying there i mean the leak to chris Lowe about nil money it it felt like now or at least it feels like now to me that that was going to be used as the excuse because he probably didn't expect Ole miss fans to raise money by the millions seriously by the millions in what a couple of weeks? Uh, I mean, the, the the momentum that has been given uh, to the NIL side from Ole Miss is is really impressive when you think about it. But 
this is a guy that was at Florida Atlantic, and I guess he could have gone to Arkansas well, but Ole Miss was the place that gave him his his second shot at the big-time coaching. They gave him big contracts. They've offered him another massive contract in the top 10 in all of college football. He would be, if you were to accept Ole Miss's offer, I think he would be like the 11th highest paid coach in football. I thought that's what he is now. No, in football, NFL too. Oh, okay, I, okay, no, no, okay, we're we're talking in, pros here too. Yes, in football, I think there's four NFL coaches that make more than nine million dollars a year. I think it's just four. Um, fans are stepping up like crazy uh, on the NIL side of things. He has given freedom that no program gives their coach. He can do whatever he wants. He can treat people however he wants. He can do whatever he wants. And despite all of that, it's constant shots. It's it, it's not that he's flirting with other programs because that's expected when you hire him. It's the manner in which this is going down is incredibly immature. Um, it, it, here's an example that I used last night on uh, on a live stream. He reminds me of my three year old. You you heard unless depending on how much you cut out of this, hopefully a good bit. You heard him earlier. My three year old loves our dogs. Loves our dogs, but one of our dogs, Maverick, uh, is a little bit flighty when it comes to James. He's just loud and like, you know, he pulls on ears and stuff and he hasn't learned yet how to how to treat dogs. One thing he loves to do is stick his arm under James's or under Maverick's stomach and it makes him jump and run away. And he thinks it's the funniest thing on earth, but it, it clearly stresses the dog out, clearly stresses him out. And it, it frustrates me because he knows he's not supposed to do it because he's been told time and time again and scolded, you don't do that. That is not nice to Maverick. Don't do that. But he's a three-year-old, so he's going to continue to do it because that's what you expect out of the behavior of a three-year-old. It's they are going to do they're, – they're, he's going to be defiant. He's, he's going to test us. He's defiance gonna, is yes. what it is. And so I expect a three-year-old to act like that, but it doesn't make the way he's acting okay. I expect Lane Kiffin, despite the last three years of how he's changed so much and and how Tay learned a lot from Tennessee and oh man, just a completely different. Despite all of that narrative that that was pushed, and you know some of it felt real. There was some truth in it. There, there was truth to it. A lot of it felt real. Life, there is more maturity there, but at the end of the day, you can see when it kind of. The rubber meets the proverbial road or whatever he is yes. going back to exactly the, who he used to be. This is exactly who he is. Just, he is a three-year-old that is a really good football coach. This is – this should – this the way he's handling this, which is terribly, should not surprise a single person. But it doesn't make it okay. No, it does not. And let's get to the Sokolov piece of it now because that's the part that really is like the childish piece of all this. So – WCBI or I hey, I'm sorry I apologize if I get that wrong. This uh, TV station out of Columbus, John Sokoloff, sports reporter there, reports on Monday evening that Lane Kiffin. It was a very poorly worded tweet. Um, that Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Ole Miss head coach on Friday to accept the Auburn job. I think what he was trying to say is that. On Friday, he'll receive and accept an offer from Auburn and, I guess, resign as Ole Miss head coach or whatever the technicality is. That's not really how it works in terms of the way he worded it. Uh, but point being, he basically said it's a done deal and he's going to go to Auburn on 
Friday. Well, Lane is just tweeting anyway, I guess in his like little whatever period at night where he tweets. And then he stumbles upon it and basically just very aggressively attacks this guy. Um, He retweeted a meme of like the, like this, I can't believe I'm going into this, but like a like grave where it appears obvious, like an, a body has been like buried above it. And on the tombstone, it says John Sokoloff's career. There's a dude posing next to it. And it says John Sokoloff, like, it, like very childish memes and stuff. Uh, he said, that's news to me, John. Nice sourcing. And just kind of continues to go at the dude in very, very childish. And again, I keep using these words, immature way, calling him a liar. He doubles down on it on the radio show last night. And like, even if it were, even if the report were wrong, which it doesn't sound like it's going to be, that's a really bizarre way to go about handling a media report. I mean, I guess in its simplest sense, think about it this way. This man is 47 years old and spent his Monday night tweeting memes at a local TV reporter while also tweeting his dog. Um, I know people of that age. I don't think any of them were doing things like that. It's in poor taste. And then the last part about it before I kick it back to you is he's calling this guy a liar and all signs point towards the kid being right. So he's just going to call him a liar. And it doesn't matter three days later. Like what, what, what is the purpose of that? Yeah. It, it's emblematic of somebody that is not focused or serious about what's coming tomorrow night. That, that's, that's the first thing that came to my mind is this is what you're doing during egg bowl week. After three plays into the third quarter, you were down 42 to six. And questions about uh, are you are just flying everywhere and people are wondering if your team is distracted. And when you were asked about your team being distracted, you pointed to analytics about an Alabama hangover. And instead on Monday night of even if the report is true, right? Say what you said to your team. That's all you have to do. Nobody's going to believe it, but it won't be Hugh Freeze-like in a different way. But, but the inability to control yourself on Twitter is very Hugh Freeze-like, and that was a bad moment for him on Monday night. But all you have to say, if you, if you feel like you need to address it, is I have not been offered nor accepted any job. I'm focused on my team on Thursday. That's all you have to say. And it, it doesn't go away, but it quiets down. Instead, every college football aggregator out there, oh, Lane Kiffin, roast this reporter on Twitter. And then Friday comes and he takes the Auburn job. The, the way that he treated John here, even if John was wrong, there's, a, there's an adult professional way to go about this. And he chose the childish Hugh Freeze way uh, to go about it. If somebody is reporting something incorrectly about you, there's a way to handle it. And it is not that. Because that makes it look like this came out before I wanted it to and I'm panicking. Which is exactly what happened. And look, he's going to get by, or he's going to try to get by, or he's going to die on the hill of the fact that he probably doesn't actually have an official offer from Auburn. Generally, the way these processes work is at this point, I imagine with Sokoff reported, Sokoff may have jumped the shark a little bit. I would be interested to know what happened in terms of how he got that information. And was it actually ready to report? Because like, did he jump the shark a little bit? That's not even putting blame on him. I just wonder if he received information from someone who didn't know or think he was going to put it out there. Or maybe it's the opposite. They wanted it floated out there. I, I don't know. 
But I maybe even if he jumped the shark a little bit, Lane's going to try to get by on the fact that I don't he didn't actually have an official offer yet that he can sign and agree to. But you know, for all intents and purposes, the parameter of a contract seems like they are have like they are in some sort of principal agreement. So it's kind of like the same thing with addressing the team on Tuesday, where he tells them he hasn't from what I understand at that meeting yesterday, he said something like you mentioned earlier, there's some screenshots going around of like a, a walk-on saying he's staying. Sounds like he tricked at least one of them, but uh, the majority of the rest of those guys in the building did not hear it that way, that he had not accepted another job yet, and if anything changed, he wouldn't let them find out through the media. So it's this kind well, of... Well, and guess what's going to happen, by the way? That, that I mean, guess what's going to happen? They're going to find out through the media. Yes, they are. Which They're, they're going to find out through the media, and uh, I mean, they're, they're college kids, but they're not stupid. No, they're not. And they didn't, it was not received well. Um, I have that on pretty good authority too. So he's, he's, he's getting hung up, which I think speaks to the childish nature of it on basically just this logic technicality with, well, technically I didn't, or I haven't accepted a job yet. I mean, he even had his uh, PR mouthpiece, Chris Lowe, write a story about how his focus is just on the egg bowl. It's like, dude, like you've lost control of this thing. There's no regaining it back. And that's your own fault and your own problem. Yeah. And I, I love the line and he felt he owed it to his players to to clear the air or something like that in the line. I thought that is a very glowing, a very glowing sentence that is not really rooted uh, in in reality. He owed it to his players to not be interviewing with Auburn the week uh, they're about to go on the road to play Arkansas. Exactly. That, that's what he am about these kids. I mean, I'm just putting it out remotely. Think about Nick Broker. Think about being Nick Broker. Like four years in the program, four years starter. This is your last home game. And it's not that he's leaving for another job. Coaches leave for other jobs all the time. It is how this is happening and what a complete and utter shitstorm this has turned into. That's his last game in Vaughn Hemingway. I would say that guy's given a lot to the program, and it's going to go down like this to where it's basically a sideshow to this clown act on the sideline. That would it's, I don't know anything about Nick Broker. I'm not speaking for him. This is just complete hypothetical. I could have picked any other senior. That would piss me off. Yeah, me too. And uh, there's going to be – you know, based on listening to Reb talk last night, people still cheered when Lane Kiffin was introduced. So maybe not everybody really knows what's going on, and maybe the energy tomorrow in the stadium will be fine. But based on the food. based on the people that I've talked to that that are going to the game, if they are on the line of walk of champions, they're going to boo Lane Kiffin as he walks by. There's going to be a weird energy, and maybe they're just talking a big game. I don't know, but the energy is weird. So you've got that going on. With, with players like Nick Broker, like you mentioned. Another one that stands out to me, though, is Jackson Dart, your quarterback. Uh, it, it's a little bit of a different circumstance because his coach got fired, but he goes to USC, he wins the starting job, and he establishes a life there. I imagine Los Angeles, as, as for free, as a college kid, is a pretty sweet thing to do. So he's playing football, he's at USC, he's the quarterback, and then his coach leaves. And then in comes another coach, who doesn't want him and brings a quarterback with him, and now he's screwed. And so he has to pick up and move across the country to Mississippi, a place he's never been, to play quarterback for Lane Kiffin, who then does the same thing to him. And so watch his body language. If you, if you feel like stomaching it, those of you listening to this, watch Jackson Dart's body language after the Arkansas game when he's asked about distractions. You can tell it's affecting him. And I'm not a body language expert. Maybe he was just it upset because they lost the game. Him, let's be honest here. Yeah. And so I feel terrible for guys like that. And so he's got to play this last game. And after the game ends, his coach is going to leave. I guess he could go with Kiffin. 
People think that players are tied, that that all these players are tied with Kiffin, that Auburn's just going to take all of Ole Miss's best players. The relationships aren't there for that to be a reality unless money talks. No, yep, you're exactly right. So I want to hit two things there because you hit two things really important really, like, real quickly. The dark piece of it, it sucks, man. That kid has yet to do anything wrong in his career and just cannot catch a break. But on the Kiffin piece of it, you're exactly right. And I, I would say I have a pretty good understanding of – um. How do I put this? I think that throughout this season, Dart takes a chance to come over here and to play quarterback for Ole Miss, play in this offense and play under Kiffin. And I don't think things have always been smooth between the two of them. And I don't think it has much to do with Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart's teammates love that kid. The way he's been able to kind of come in and ingratiate himself to a new locker room and the way they talk about that kid and, you know, kind of the sense you get in terms of where he stands in terms of, like, the respect of the older players in the locker room is very high. I mean, I'll just say it. I mean, look, I got to know the family a little bit, and maybe I'm slightly biased, but he seems like a very good young man and that people very much enjoy being around. So I put it to you this way. I don't think the relationship there has been smooth, and I don't think it has very much to do with Jackson Dart being immature at all. I actually would say might even be the opposite. And so when you deal with all of that throughout the course of a season, and then like at the end of it, I would just be, if that was darn, I'd be like, really, man? Like, like we got all the way to the end and then you're going to do this. Like, it's just, it, 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 it's a shame and it should not have had to play out this way No, because it is unfair to the players. And the second piece of that real quick, because I want to get to one final piece about why Auburn and the job before you have to get out of here. But the second piece of it is you're right about being tied to players. The, uh, the Judkins thing is not rooted in any sort of fact or reality. Um, I, look, I get it. Guy takes a job, star player who they recruit, who, you know, head coach recruited in a general umbrella, um, you know, goes and plays. The head coach leaves to take the job at, coincidentally enough, at the school that the kid got overlooked by the first time. Oh, of course he'll go back there. That's not really rooted in any sort of reality. I mean, to shine a little bit of light on this, Quinchon Judkins was an early enrollee at Ole Miss in January last year. His running back coach, Kevin Smith, left basically, I forget the exact timeline, I have to go back and look at my notes, but either a week before or a week after he arrived on campus. And, you know, that's a kid going to college a semester early. A lot of change there, and his position coach who recruited him is no longer there, but he was just kind of like, eh, I like it here, and to his credit, Developed a pretty good close relationship with what is it, Kevin Bolden? Is he the current running backs coach? I can't remember who it is. Kid got from Houston and has kind of blossomed at Ole Miss. He likes it there. He's a sharp kid. He comes from a great family. His mom's an attorney. His dad owns a couple of businesses. Um, he's an advanced, you know, AP student. Like he's kind of like the all-American kid that your mom wishes you'd be. The idea that he's just going to follow Lane Kiffin to Auburn for because he wants to or because of NIL, he's going to get a significant NIL bump if that has not already happened here. I don't know the exact timeline on that. The idea that he's just going to do that because it makes sense on the surface from a storyline standpoint, it's just not rooted in fact at all. It's just not. I'm not saying he won't, but I would be pretty surprised. Well, what you hope for is, one, the old Miss search. And I keep having to put qualifiers on it. I did it last night if Lane Kiffin leaves because I guess there's a chance that, like, something goes wrong. But – I don't I don't know what to say other than it's like allegedly, right? With with a court yeah. proceeding. You know the guy did it, but he allegedly did it, right? Same thing here. I think he's gone. I think all everything, all the reports, everything you can't come back from. 
you can't come back to the locker room after Thursday. You, you're going to tell those guys how to handle themselves after Thursday. I don't, I don't know if any of it is, is sustainable, but either way. So if he does leave, you hope that Keith Carter's search happens very efficiently. Now the issue though, is Luke Fickle, for example, who I agree that, and most fans are just throwing that name out there. And I agree. I think you do whatever you can to try to get him. Now he may not come, but you can offer almost double his salary. Uh, you, he, he would listen. He would definitely answer the phone. But the issue is he is very principled. And the reason he didn't get more traction at Notre Dame is he told them they had to wait until the playoff was over, until his team got eliminated from the playoff. He wouldn't talk to them. Now, luckily, they're not going to the playoff this year. But yeah. if they win Saturday, they're going to the conference championship game. That's another week. And, and he will not, based on precedent that he set last year, he will not engage until he doesn't have an important game to coach. And I don't think a bowl game will count as that. Like if they lose this weekend or if they lose in the AAC championship, or even if they win the AAC championship, bowl game's not playoff. Right. But that people say, well, Notre Dame didn't offer him. No, he wouldn't let Notre Dame offer him because he told them, I'm not letting my team get distracted. We are going to the playoff. So don't talk to me. That's the kind of guy he is. So you want Keith Carter to run like a, a very proficient search and maybe agent stuff is happening behind the scenes. And that was all kind of a front, but it's going to be different than Kiffin. He's not going to openly flirt with you and, and let it become a charade for sure. So you hope it happens fast or efficiently. And obviously you hope it's a good hire and you hope that the players understand I want to hear from this guy first before I portal. Let me see what this guy is all about before Which I decide I'm leaving. talking about tougher, the timeline piece of yeah. it, tougher, because you need to get him in there quickly. Yeah. And again, maybe maybe that was just all up front, and, and he will talk to you behind the scenes. I, uh, th He's got an agent, right? I assume it's Sexton. It may be somebody else. I don't know. Um, so maybe they can do that behind the scenes without distracting Luke and, and keep that under wraps. But that is something that he last year – openly very much valued and you're not distracting my football team. I'm not talking about it. You're not distracting my team and I'm not doing it either. So that that's a bit of a wild card in this is if fickle keeps winning, then it might delay this a little bit. If he's your number one guy, which I think he will be. Yeah. And the, the, the Kiffin piece of this too, one, the funny part about that, you mentioned like uh, fickle being very principled, um, you know, I imagine that would be a breath of fresh air to Ole Miss people after dealing with this basically just uh, TMZ um, tabloid thing that is Lane Kiffin constantly for the last three years. And so that makes for an interesting timeline. I think, you know, some piece of I wrote this a little bit on Monday night, and I think some people are maybe confused about this part of it. Why Auburn? Why would Lane Kiffin want to go to Auburn? And I will tell you exactly what I think is the case. Um, there, Neil hinted at this this morning, and again, I don't want to divulge a bunch of like behind the paywall reporting, but there's an Alabama Saban element to this where he doesn't think he can beat. Right or wrong, he thinks he can beat Alabama more consistently at Auburn, which and can't do that at Ole Miss, which doesn't make a ton of sense because honestly, they would have beaten Alabama this year at Ole Miss um, if it wasn't for Lane Kiffin and his play call. You ever seen that meme of the guy angrily looking into a mirror and yeah. pointing at himself? It's like, come on. Um, <laughs> Also, what's funny is if, if that is true, which I would never doubt Neil McCready's reporting ever. I, I think he's, he's phenomenal at what he does. Um, that tells me two things. One, he doesn't think he's as good of a coach as Hugh Freeze. And two, because Hugh Freeze could beat Alabama at Ole Miss. 
And yeah, but it was two, on the other sideline. He was on the other when he was at Alabama. He went one and two against Ole Miss. He lost twice to Ole Miss. So if that's real, he's got the shortest memory of all time. Or here's what I, what I think: better is Alabama teams, by the way, looking for an out. Yes, the NIL thing can't. You can't argue that anymore. It, it can't. That's why he took a shot at facilities, right? Well, Auburn opened up a brand new building. I'm getting leaked on. The, these things tell me that he's looking for spin for why he would leave Ole Miss to Auburn. That's exactly my point. So that's what I'm trying to get at is the, you know, look, Auburn has been perceived as historically a better job as Ole Miss. I get it. More history. Even in the last 12 years, whatever you think of them as a program, they've won three SEC Western division titles and played for two national championships. Ole Miss has zero and zero in both of those regards. Auburn been a lot more unstable, particularly the last five years. I think the gap between the two jobs has narrowed significantly. I don't think there is much of one. I don't think it's this be above and beyond. But the problem is, is I think Lane Kiffin thinks that. I think Lane Kiffin is adopting this outdated way of thinking because you're right. You know, when people say, well, why Auburn? Why is he doing this? He's doing this because he's Lane Kiffin, because he's a weird dude who likes to do weird things and has basically had a nomadic existence for his entire career as a football coach. His personality wears on people. You know, there's a reason he got fired on a tarmac at USC. It's not because they lost to a road game to Arizona State. It's because they were so tired of dealing with him. They just pulled him off a bus and was like, actually, dude, you're done here. The guy started a borderline riot at Tennessee when he left. I think the underrated one is he's trying to pull double duty after he takes the FAU gig in 2016 or 17, whatever that was, against uh, with Alabama. And he goes through the playoff game. I believe they played Washington right before the national title game. Uh, Saban abruptly fires him and gives the play calling over to Steve Car Sarkeesian. I have a buddy that's pretty well connected at Alabama. And, you know, even before all of this, for the last three years since Kiffin got hired at Ole Miss, we've talked about his future and, you know, whether he wants the Alabama job or not. That kid who I trust because, again, pretty well-connected guy, has been adamant the entire time he is never going to get the Alabama job because of the way he left Alabama and the way that it – he said, I was like, really? That doesn't seem like – you know, to me, to like the average fan who doesn't necessarily like you know know the intricacies of Alabama, that would seem like a pretty small blip on the radar, right? Apparently not. So the way he left yeah. that, he's convinced he'll never get that job. I don't know if that's to be the case. But the point being, Lane Kiffin's not doing this because of salary. That's not really it. You know, I, I see he's doing the thing or at least putting it out in the media, the thing where, the, well, the long-term security of a six-year deal or seven-year deal where Ole Miss can't offer because of state law. It's like, dude, you haven't spent more than three years anywhere in your entire career. What do you give a shit about six years versus eight years? Yes, I get more guaranteed money, but that's when you get – that's if you get fired. Does he – like he talked yeah. about he was going to go win big. Is he worried about getting fired? Like is it insecurity or is it just blind delusion? And so to wrap that up into an actual point, Lane Kiffin is doing this because he's Lane Kiffin, because yeah. he's weird, because he's antisocial, because he constantly has this wanderlust and wanting something he doesn't have, which goes back to him not changing. That's why he's doing this no, for no other tangible reason. It's not NIL. It's not salary. It's because he's Lane Kiffin, and this is who he is and who he will always be. Yeah, Keith Carter is is taking a lot of heat, and I understand where, where that's coming from, honestly, because uh, quite frankly, if if Auburn has presented him an offer, and I don't know how, if you're Keith how you prove this, but I do think like if it has been agreed to and Auburn's offered it, I don't think you should let him coach tomorrow. If if that if it's done if it's done you don't let him coach tomorrow but that's that's hard to prove and you're you're probably not I mean Jimmy won't allow that you know it, it, that that's muddy right that's a difficult decision it's not as cut and dry as even I when the news broke from John thought it should be you don't let him coach the game 
but it's it's not that simple. Um, but so I understand the frustration about Keith Carter, but what more could he have done? What more could Keith Carter have done to make Lane Kiffin happy? He offered him a contract that is a step behind like a few hundred. Uh, that's a lot of money. I get it. But over $9 million, which is a step behind what Ohio State is paying their coach. He has dramatically increased their assistant salary pool. He stopped a stadium renovation project because the coach told him to. He gives him unlimited freedom to do whatever he wants, to be whoever he wants. He doesn't have to go to booster club meetings. He doesn't have to glad hand. He doesn't have to meet anybody. Unlimited freedom. He gives him whatever he wants, gives him a, a salary that might not even be deserved if you look at results. I mean, he's Lane Kiffin's kind of like Dan Mullen right now. He's beating the teams he's supposed to. Yep. Dan I mean, Mullen never beat Alabama. No. So anyway, but, but but that, but yeah, exactly right. So you mentioned the Ole Miss piece of it. I, I I would imagine if you asked Lane Kiffin behind closed doors, what more could Ole Miss have done? I don't think he's annoyed or mad at Ole Miss. I don't think he's down on Ole Miss. He just again, he's impulsive. He's emotional. Look at the tweeting. I think he has this idea in his head that Auburn is a bigger brand, and God knows that dude's addicted to you know attention and branding and all that, and he just thinks without any sort of tangible reason that he can go win more over there more consistently and beat Alabama more consistently. Because like you ever have a buddy that just has an idea in his head and you're like, Hey man, not a great idea. Don't think this is going to go well. Cause this is a bad idea. This will not end well. He's adding Alabama and Georgia to his schedule every year. It is a terrible cultural fit. The way he acts over here is not going to fly over there. The idea that this is a new day and age of Auburn boosters. And you know, it sounds like that Auburn thinks, that you know, when he gets over there, he'll just fall in love with the Auburn family and conform. Wrong. They don't understand. I don't think that they understand what he gets away with at Ole Miss. I don't think Lane. I don't think. I think Lane thinks that he's just going to win and it won't matter. So it's these two like things that don't jive. Again, I, I don't want to belabor the point. This is not going to end well. This no. he's not going to win the way he thinks he's going to win, playing Alabama and Georgia every year at a place like Auburn. He is going to piss someone off in a decision making role or a booster role before they play a game. You can book it. Whether it's skipping a dinner or doing whatever he does, showing up late, he will piss someone off there and it is not going to end well. It will be awesome for a year and a half and then it will go up in flames. I, I will I will mark it down. This date, this podcast, whatever you can tell me I'm wrong. I don't think this ends well. No, it'll start well, and then it won't. I mean, I've heard for whatever it's worth that uh, his soon-to-be new athletic director can't stand him. <laughs> now, th this is when he was at Mississippi State and when uh, Kiffin was at Ole Miss, so that does uh, change the dynamic a little bit. But knowing what I know about John Cohen, he is going to hate Lane Kiffin. He's going to hate him because Cohen is very structured, very uh, – say what you want about – John Cohen and his ability to be an athletic director, that dude is, he's hes rigid and he's structured and they're, they are going to hate, they're going to hate each other. Absolutely hate each other. To be in fairness, is there anyone that's worked closely with Lane Kiffin that's like, that's my guy. I love him. Administration um, role wise. I mean, I'm sure he has some assistance. What, well, oh, does yeah. he? Because they all bolted last year. I think there's a reason for that too. So, I guess kind of boiling it down to a conclusion, this is just because this is Lane Kiffin being Lane Kiffin. Um, because this doesn't make any sense. 
he's making this decision in the absence of most logic. He's basically just going with the general idea. Auburn is a bigger brand and a better job, and he can do more in recruiting and win more. But outside of that, for a guy that usually thinks thinks about things pretty practically and logically, he's just kind of being delusional. Is that an incorrect way to put it? I mean, I, I don't know what else to say at this point. It's not an Ole Miss thing. It's not a money thing. It's not a facilities thing. It may be partially, maybe slightly an NIL thing or a longer-term contract, though, again, I don't really buy that. But it's just because this is Lane Kiffin. He constantly wants something he doesn't have, and this is his next thing, and you're not convincing him otherwise, I think is where this is at. Yeah, and, you know, at, at this point, maybe it would still be a win for Ole Miss if he somehow stayed, but I think the cat is out of the bag now, right? I mean, if he stays, it means Auburn somehow got cold feet and pulled the offer, That's right? the only way. I, I think the only way this changes – it, 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 God, it could change, and I cannot wait to see the spin of like Lane Kiffin chose Ole Miss. It's like, no, no, you no. didn't, dude. Like, that's the only way it would happen, anyway. Um. Oh gosh, I'm an idiot. I lost my train of thought. But yeah, I mean, no, that, I was even saying that uh, the only way it changes if it gets cold feet. The cat is out of the bag. He cannot come uh, back. Exactly. And so, what's good for Ole Miss, though? You don't want to lose Lane Kiffin because the attention that's been given to your program has been pretty significant. But you have displayed the ability. You've had two coaches in the playoff era take you to access bowls. Not that many programs can say that. Uh, you have shown an ability to raise NIL money in ways that I didn't think you could, truthfully. I didn't think Ole Miss could have the millions of dollars that they have. A hundred percent. Didn't think that he raised their floor and their ceiling financially, which yep. is good. And so that that opens your doors to a candidate list that I think is going to be pretty damn strong. I mean, if for whatever it's worth, I've heard independently that, you know, Fickle's going to be on Carter's shortlist. So will Dave Aranda. Uh, you know, people keep talking about Mike Norvell. I don't think I'd go down that road, but when That'd people say it, I, I've, I've got to listen. Uh, Matt Rule, of those four, I don't think you're getting out of that four. Somebody's going to take that job. When you're paying top 10 money, when you've got an assistant salary pool that continues to grow, when you're opening a brand new facility for what it's worth that you're currently doing construction on, when you've got the NIL capabilities that far exceed what people would think about Ole Miss, you've ha you have created a strong job. It is better than it was five years ago. It's better than it was 10 years ago. Ole Miss football is in as good of a position as it's been in recent history, in my lifetime. They are, they're on the cusp of becoming a program that takes a step up in tier. Now, this hire is going to determine it all, but the infrastructure that you have put down says that you can get there. Glenn Kiffin's not the reason that Ole Miss can take a, a tier up. He showed you that you can. You rose to the occasion, and now it's up to Keith Carter to get the higher right to keep that momentum going. I do think he deserves credit for pulling them to that point, though. Yep. Because at what sure. point were they ever going to realize it, right? If they had hired Dave Doran or, uh, you know, Eli Drinkwitz, um, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, as we wrap up here, that's an interesting piece of this to me is, you know, last week when this was all good coming, the smoke was starting to formulate a little bit. I saw a lot of sentiment, particularly on our message board, about, like, if he leaves for Auburn, I, I'm done, I'm out. What is the point of any of this? I'm done donating. I'm done with this. It feels pointless. And to be honest, from a fan's perspective, I actually understood that sentiment. It's like – well, like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, they, you know, everyone's given to the Grove Collective. You know, you've offered him all this money, and then you're still going to lose him to an SEC Western Division rival. Like, I actually understood that. I was like, yeah, that seems demoralizing. and honestly seems to kind of cement Ole Miss's legacy in the pecking order in terms of hierarchy of jobs. We talked about that last week. But I've actually kind of evolved on that since then, kind of learning 
the reasoning behind why this is going to happen and some other things. You could have for all for all of Hugh Freeze's flaws. If this had been Hugh Freeze, I don't think he'd go to Auburn. I think Hugh Freeze, but no, I like Mississippi. I'm happy in Mississippi. I'm you know say all the nice stuff about Oxford. Like he did again, turn down Florida, and they're not going down the Hugh Freeze road again. I don't mean to bring it up like for that standpoint. I, the, my point is, is you can find another coach out there that's of this stature that can win at this level, who is not a completely self-absorbed narcissistic sociopath that's just going to leave at the next thing that's flashed in front of him there will be someone that is a little more um i don't know if compassionate is the right word but a little more measured a little more appreciative of what you've been able to build and offer lane kiffin just because lane kiffin doesn't want it doesn't mean someone else will and i think someone out there will actually be more appreciative of that because at the end of the day you hired an asshole he got you up to a, a gigantic level of winning he deserves credit but this is just the way it's going to end but you can find someone that will appreciate it more is my point for sure, for sure. And that list, I think if that's truly Keith Carter's like top four, I think that's a really good start uh, for that anyway. so I agree. We shall see. I know you got to run. I do too. I appreciate the time as always, man. We'll do this at some point during this silly season again. But uh, For sure. Hey, hey, good luck trying to cut all that out from earlier. We may <laughs> just luck. leave it all in. It's a three-man <laughs> show. We should have gotten the kid a microphone, but we, uh, we'll stop anyway. Good to see you, man. Good to see you too, buddy. All right, that was Michael Borky, and that's going to do it for our show today. Walden and I will be back on Friday at some point, maybe a little later in the afternoon. It just depends on uh, the old Thanksgiving schedule for Weldon and uh, myself. But I appreciate you listening to this podcast. Hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll catch you on Friday.